You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Uh, it feels like weeks and weeks and weeks since we've been here last. Lots of stuff going on, lots of stuff to talk about. You're listening to Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of said club. Uh, joined in studio with uh, the leader of the pack here, Sean Lother. Sean, how you doing? Very good, you? I'm doing okay, actually. You know, considering. Digo Vender, how you doing? Community director? It's good to be back. And... Also in studio, the latest, the female director of the club. Yes, working with all kinds of people within this association. Peyton Ross. Peyton, how you doing? Good. How are you? I, uh, you know, I'm a smiling Could guy. Could I just always. correct? It's director uh, of female programming. Sorry, director of female programming. It's kind of the same thing when I was on board. And is it goalkeeper director or director of goalkeeper? You know, you know, people were asking me before. And it's like, you know what? I kick balls at kids. That's what I do. Uh, Dano Drummond's also on the line. Dano is the director of the Phoenix program. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Dano? You know what? Everybody's super chipper. I'm I'm okay. It's a it's a hectic time. Uh, I'm okay right now. I'm I'm staying afloat. I'm all right. Okay, okay. Because we're actually going to discuss that briefly. I guess I could have uh, texted you what we were going to be talking about podcast wise. But you know what? I think Dano is the type of guy who can spur of the moment turn and twist and, and float in the breeze when it comes down to topics that are thrown at him. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, Daniel does like to float. Did you see him at the strife for excellence count? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll get into it right away. We're going to, uh, well, I can give you a little bit of a lowdown. We're going to have uh, some chats about what's going on in the club. We'll talk uh, a little bit of tryouts because we're going through those currently. Um, we'll talk about players making the switch from an outdoor season to an indoor season, grass to turf, uh, grass to, um, flat floors without turf shoes and stuff like that. Cause that can be a little bit difficult. Different game models, different game models for sure. Yeah. Uh, different, different size pitches. Um, we'll talk a little bit about sports injuries. Peyton, uh, on board here has had, uh, had some My thoughts behind share. it, yeah, and <laughs> and a lot of this was sparked by what I saw in the in the Liverpool game, the highlights, and uh, of course, Mister Liverpool D will be um, happy to to chat about that, and, and I'm sure we can all talk. We've talked sports injuries before, but uh, man, they're 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 prevalent at uh, at times. <laughs> uh, we'll talk university decisions, and, and I'm I'm more for the player's sake. Uh, I know again, we've also talked university stuff in the past, but it'd be nice to touch on. You know what? What really to look for with your own decision when you make that final decision of where you want to go? Discussion came up a little bit uh, off and on the past week. Uh, me speaking with uh, Peyton and and the different folks uh, within this room. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll talk a little Premier League action. Sorry, Steve. No Italy today. Um, <laughs> we'll talk CPL a little bit, and then of course you know we'll kind of open the floor for for all of us to to bang around with some ideas. So let's let's start it off right away with the, just what's happening in the club. I'll, I'll let Sean sort of just dive into a, a little bit of the, some of the things that are going on, some of the things that are going to be opening in the next month or two for us within the club. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting time for sure. We've had some tough decisions to make about where we're going to place teams in the leagues, etc. And we're almost there, not quite, but we had a good meeting last night with co our coaches to get feedback on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that should be done in the next day or two. 
and we'll obviously pass that information on when it occurs. In addition, uh, quite exciting, our turf is in in the new facility. Yes, nice. Uh, the cage. I the think. cage. The cage. I like that. Uh, because we've put a fence around it to protect walls and netting, etc. And it looks absolutely awesome. Enter the cage. That's exactly and, um, you know, it's 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 not full size pitch. Obviously, that's what we'd like to get. I'm sure that's going to happen in future years. But it's a it's a area that you can work with any team. Great training session area, and then a small pitch area for for fiver sides or whatever. Uh, and I'm happy with it. I think it's going to be good for the club. I think uh, the kids are going to enjoy having a home, and coaches will have a home to hang their hat and their boots, etc. when they walk in there. A little coaching room that they can talk with fellow coaches and create that camaraderie. And then obviously sports science uh, is taken care of upstairs with a fitness area as well as a sports science room for video analysis, etc. Yeah. So it's awesome. quite exceptional that we've got this going and uh, we're looking forward to getting in, although it's been delayed because of problems with uh, supplies due to COVID. Uh, we should be in there November 1. Yeah, that's exciting to exciting to hear. Exciting to hear, and uh, you know, aside from that, I mean, aside from that, it's it just I'm I'm just bubbly today. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm losing my mind. Um, but the, the programming and things that have been going on here between the, the both yeah. of you, I'll let D you you kick into it, and uh, uh, and then we'll throw it to Daniel on the phone. Um, but go ahead, D. What how's it been going? I know we're sort of finishing off uh, another month here with. Uh, with the community programming, and, and I know Peyton's been jumping in as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, split season this year, the community program ran, and we're entering that second half of the of the split season right now, and we're we're about a week or two away from from completing that um, seamless transition. We've been out, uh, Peyton, myself, Richard Espinosa have been out to, you know, oversee Matt uh, Oosterhaus as well too. Has been out uh, as a TLs to to oversee as in, in a master coach. Uh, role with our with our program and our teams and uh, it's been nice to see Peyton and I were out uh, a couple of weeks ago and just you know chatting about and and kind of you know giving her the lay of the land a little bit about how the program runs and and uh, she's kind of ran with it over the ca- uh, last couple couple of weeks so yeah I mean I'll give you some give you some time to give your insight on what you think about the program yeah I was out I've been out two or three weeks in a row um, for the second half of the season working with the, the little ones um, and I think it's an incredible setup all of the teams train kind of at the same um, field space and they get the opportunity to have both their training and their games in the same uh, time block, which is awesome. And there's so much collaboration between coaches and players and teams. Um, I think everybody's kind of getting an opportunity to learn from each other, which is really a really cool setup for, for a season and a league. And how are you faring with it? I mean, I know it's a, it's a bit of a transition. You, you, you know, as we've mentioned before in past podcasts, Peyton's new to the club in the, in the position and in the role. How are you, how are you, how are you getting along with it? Um, it's, it's a lot of learning on the go. I mean, I think soccer is soccer. And, uh, so I feel pretty comfortable in that area, but there's definitely a lot to learn. And it's, it's interesting because I think I'm learning just as much from the coaches that I should be working with as, uh, as they are for me, hopefully. Yeah. 
That's good. Yeah, I don't think you ever stop learning, to be honest with you. Um, we just, you know, we're all going through our coach education and stuff we've talked about in the past. And and that's, uh, it's good. It's an eye-opening experience because you can pick up on on different things that uh, that people are doing out there. And you're like, oh man, I never would have thought of doing it that way. And it's, and it's good. And it's good to be humble too, right? It's good to be keep your feet on the ground and say like, yeah, I'm willing to work with the, the coaches. It doesn't have to be this way or that way. We can collaborate and yeah, it's brilliant. So, you know, kudos to our uh, volunteer coaches like ever. Um, um, we wouldn't be able to do the our, or run our successful community program if it wasn't for our lovely volunteer parents. And yeah. you guys have stuck with it. You've bought into um, the training curriculum and the format of of our community program, and and it really, really you know ticks well over and over the seasons go with the way that we're doing things. So. Yeah, I'm thrilled, thrilled for the upcoming seasons as well. Oh, that's that's very good to hear. Nice to hear. Nice to hear that uh, you're you're jumping in and uh, feeling happy about the way things are going, Peyton, both in the learning capacity and uh, and then working with the kids, which is great. Uh, Dano, I know the the Phoenix side of things has been rumbling along, and I know it's the tougher part of the season for you that transition between outdoor and indoor. How, how are things going for the program for yourself? Um, yeah, it's been a bit different this year. Obviously, we're not having that transition time in between end of provincials and start of a new season, but um, we're well underway into assessment. So we've only had a really about a week um, that we had a chance to get prepared from finishing the outdoor season. And even some of our teams were, were training um, up until last weekend. So there hasn't been much downtime um, for the players and for the staff, but it's, it's been a good first three days. We're out there again for night number four. Um, each of the groups are going through for two sessions. Um, very big numbers on our on our girls program, as always, which is great. Um, we've had some influx of players as well at our U17, so that's fantastic. And we're starting to see more and more groups come together, um, finishing up with some PDP assessments today. So, uh, yeah, it's coming along really well. As always, it's a hectic time. It's a busy time. Um, I think first and foremost, you want to alleviate um, stress and concerns to the kids. Um, you know, you have those emails that come across your desk for you know, kids being sick and, you know, we're in the environment that we're in and some kids potentially having COVID and, you know, they're, they're on pins and needles at home wondering if they're going to be selected and whatnot. So we try and ease those uh, concerns as much as possible and use the criteria for meeting season assessments and talk to our coaches and our tech leads because I think that's the biggest thing, right? We want to alleviate those stresses for the kids and for the parents as well. But, um, yeah, all in all, it's going well. It's kind of getting into the crazy time for the next three or four days before we start up next week for a couple of days, finishing up some groups, um, just placing kids and making sure they're put in the right environment. And with that, it's, you know, it's a lot of kids to assess and you want to make sure that um, everybody's communicated properly and understands the, the process because they don't want to leave anybody behind. And like I said, ensure they're in the right environment. So all in all, so good, um, good so far, but uh, hopefully the weather you know, the wind can stay away today. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope. I think the uh, the gusts are supposed to be larger today than they were yesterday. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, it was cold last night, wasn't it? It was, it was. It was a little on the Baltic side for sure. Um, it's just the as same, a, it's as, the same today. Sorry, say that again. I said it's the same today. D and I were out on pitch uh, this morning at seven thirty, and it's it's just as windy. Oh. <laughs> Not good, not good. Nasty. Yes, I was just going to say as an overall, this is uh, second. Um, well, sort of first real. That's what I mean. Yeah. So the first. Fir- first one was kind of your first introduction period to the club, yeah. and then the. So how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't officially with the club, but yeah, at the first tryout, but uh, the second one. I've said, stated this before. You know, the 
traditional big deal tryout where every kid gets looked at, etc., is not really the way to go. It puts too much stress on kids. Eventually, we'll get to the stage where we'll use in-season reports, end-of-season evaluations, and then just create some training sessions for kids to come into at the older age groups in particular, like you 13 and above. Yeah. I still think with the U9 to 12s, we have to bring them all in because they change so quickly during that period and their own development, etc. Mm. But uh, eventually we'll get to the point where we won't have mass tryouts. Yeah. You know, that's that's the intent, uh, but we're a little bit away from that. It's a educational piece for coaches and parents and players alike so we will get there um but it's it's been good i mean organized chaos at times of but, course <laughs> uh you know i th- i think they've gone fairly well uh you can always improve and we'll look to do that yeah i think it's uh it's great the the assessment tool um that we, we've sort of decided to bring into the club is a is a, a a product called team genius and uh, I'm interested to see how that's going to roll itself out at the end of this once everything's up and running and everything's gone through the mixer as far as the reports go and how they how they come out so we can see how they're going to look. And yeah, and I know everyone's sick of hearing this, but, uh, you know, COVID has, play, has played a, a massive role in how we do things. That's like Dodge alluded to. We've just gone from the outdoor season straight into indoor. You know, there's been no break whatsoever and teams are still playing right now. So when we get back to semi-normal, I think it'll be easier to roll out the team genius where we can do it on a more consistent basis, have more time, for coaches more time to do it. Uh, but everything's rushed right now, no matter what we do. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I, I guess everyone will have heard by now that the things have sort of shifted into a different place with regards to our government and COVID. So... And we'll see where the cards fall over the next couple of weeks here. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll all be normal and we'll be back to uh, just continuing to play and, and keeping the kids rocking, which will be a good thing. Um, Going to take our first break here, actually. It's uh, it's great to have everyone back and chatting. It's nice to have everyone in the room here. Uh, I know it's been uh, a, a trying at times with the different things and events that have been going on and trying to prepare for uh seasons and players and 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 just coaches coming around it's it's been a tough tough time as far as making time for the podcast which we like to do and we enjoy very much so uh we will be back when we come back we'll talk about the players making the switch from outdoor to indoor and uh, their possible feelings or how we see it at least and um and yet yeah, all kinds of stuff will will be coming your way you're listening to soccer talk of the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association soccer love saying that word uh we'll be right back This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. And we are back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. And uh, yeah, it's been a little while. I'm feeling feeling pretty good. You know, loose. Loose. Loosey-goosey, ready to play, ready to perform. Or something like that. Um, I've got uh, Mr. Sean Lother. I've got D. Govender. I've got Peyton Ross. And we have Dan O'Drummond on the phone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of those who don't know who the voices are. Uh, and I wish we had little cue cards. How do you do a cue card over audio? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's you can't do it. We could have some strange little signal going, Dano. And then Dano can talk. And then Sean. Sean will talk. 
anyway, craziness. Have like a sound emoji or what? Yes, I am going to create a sound emoji for each person, <laughs> and of and of course, Peyton's will be. <laughs> She's she's the princess of soccer apparently. So, uh oh, what? No, is she glaring at you right now? Uh, yes. Yeah, she is glaring at me. I was like, what? Um, I would like to be the queen. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, the queen of soccer, Peyton Ross. Flawless. (laughs) Flawless, exactly. So I'll have to come up with you know. I wonder who's going to get this one. Yeah. That's Dano. Is that Dano? Yeah, that's Dano. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Dano. I think you might be one of those, or or one of these. <laughs> that's D. I don't mind that's being the <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're calling me the goat. Yeah, well, oh, there you go. I like okay. that. All right, D. Hey, well, before we went for the break, we sort of alluded to the fact that we talk a bit about players making the switch from outdoor to indoor. And I think the thought process for me was more going from grass to turf, which is really prevalent here. In, in places like BC, it's almost all turf. You rarely play on grass anymore there. And, and it's because of the rain, the amount of rain they get. It just made more sense to uh, have turf fields that you're not tearing up and and uh, easier to maintain. But here in Alberta, it's a it's a bit of a switch. So you play on grass during the summer, and uh, we end up on mostly turf fields or indoor hard, concrete type floors. I still don't get that game. I really don't. <laughs> the border game just I, does me in. Ice hockey, soccer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, power plays the whole bit. It's it's amazing. It's quite fun, to be honest. <laughs> so so let's Lo- throw- Loved myself in indoor soccer. Yeah. Game. <laughs> and I think a lot of people a lot of people still really love it. And 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 people who've been within the province and older adults that have played the sport absolutely loved it. They had a they had a rule in indoor soccer, and this was back when I was playing, is that the any if the goalkeeper had the ball, and let's just say uh, they threw the ball and and went out of bounds, the mm-hmm. free kick would come back to the top of the D. So and they change it where the ball, like with the ball went out, like where it exited. That's where like the free kick would be. But they yep. changed it one year. There was a time where the goalkeeper threw it out, went out of bounds. Free kick came to the top of the D, had a free kick from it's like seven, eight yards out, and just absolutely hammered it off the goalkeeper's face. It went out again. Guess where the free kick came no. back to the top? Of the ball. That's not called fair. How does that work? Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, for me, (laughs) (laughs) goalkeepers need to be toughened up. Hey, hey, hey! I take umbrage with that. You know who that was? It was Tristan Ilko. Oh, really? Yeah, hammered it off Tristan's face. Goes out out in the side, comes back, and he's like, coach comes on, looks at him. He's like, he looks back up. I'm lining it up again. (laughs) He's like, are you kidding? That's just crazy. So uh, what are your thoughts, Peyton? What do you think about going switching? And I know we had this conversation we a little did. bit. Um, however, in my mind, when we were talking about grass to turf, I was thinking about the turf that I got a chance to play on down in the States where the turf is like. Primo. That, yes. that Bermuda, that Bermuda class, grass. Class yeah. turf. Okay. And so I know that this is maybe a hot take. I'm I'm a huge fan of turf. I I love to play on turf. I know that that's maybe a little bit sacrilegious for the for the real players the out purists. there. Um, so you would prefer to play on a turf field rather than a pristine grass field. Okay, that's that's my one catch is a a really really nice grass field. I would take any day. 
However, my thought process is there are so few really, really nice grass fields Mm. left to be played on that I would rather play on a nice turf field than a subpar grass field. That's a fair shout. We actually have eight quality fields here. Oh, I I would say minimum five, but definitely eight. Yeah, we do. Yeah, in Shirt Park, unbelievable, (laughs) honestly. Just a class, class facilities to play at in the outdoor season. I was, go ahead, sorry. But in Texas, where the weather is 40 plus degrees and the fields are hay rather than (laughs) grass and and nice, the turf was was the place to be. So that that's where my mindset is. But I, I 100% agree, Sean. If if the grass is nice and it is a well-kept, well-manicured, maintained field, love a good grass field. Well, and it's funny because it, you get bounced around to a lot of different fields the way they're allocated during the, the outdoor season. We were lucky enough, the group that I was working with, under 15 girls, we ended up on um, Strathcona Athletic Park, SAP, mm-hmm. B, so the in the middle of the oval. Yeah. Oh my gosh, That's class field. It was un, it was like playing on a carpet. Yeah. And and the, but the look on the kids' face as well when they got onto this was just, it's almost like I've never played on something like this before. And it was phenomenal. The game was phenomenal. It was fun. It was just, and that's where I go to the mindset. What, what do you think? Do the kids really realize? I know the older ones definitely do, but do you think a younger player would know or feel the difference or be more comfortable like you said on a, on a quality turf surface indoor like playing in a in an Edmonton Dome or playing you know in Victoria or something like that when they play their matches as opposed to I find uh, I mean again my, pulling from my experience turf is so uniform and it's it's always going to be the same you know how to weight your passes you know if I hit the ball with this it's going this distance whereas Grass, even a nice field, you, you play one week where it hasn't been mowed, yeah. and that ball is going to hold up. You come you come back for your game next week, the first couple balls you play are whoosh, out the end line because, you know, they've come in and, and cut the grass, and it's just, it's different, and I think that's 100% part of the game, but if you've never played on a nice, a grass, nice field, grass field, there is, there is a level of having to adjust to the condition. What about you, Dano? You've, obviously, I think you. I know the answer to it. But what were your What are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm grass guy through and through. Yeah. Um, don't mind like Peyton saying, like a really nice turf pitch for sure, and especially if you're competing against that um, versus like a really poor school field or you know a really hard ground field, which we definitely have in Edmonton. But like I look at the pitches um, in the county area, and they're they're really good. They're quality, right? So, um, yeah, just, I just love grass pitches. And I actually find that, you know, when you're playing on surf, I think if you, you hit a ball, sometimes you feel like um, maybe similar to what Peyton's saying, but I'm maybe opposite. I'm going to maybe argue with her point is that if you hit one on the turf, it, it often skips away and gets away from you a little bit um, than a grass field. But it, it's what you get used to. I mean, Peyton played down in the States at obviously a very high level and played on quality surf fields. And that was the best situation in regards to their um, climate, so it's what you get used to, and it's what you like. And 
snow. There was a time I I got brand new boots out and I thought, oh, I'm going to wreck them on the turf. So I'm one of those players too. So <laughs> take that for what it is. Listen, Danelle, will you play somewhere where they're paying for your cleats? Wow. Ooh, it's not even an, an issue. Listen to that. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Jeez. Yeah, thanks for the boots. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, da- the queens entered the room. Hey? <laughs> Dan, were those the the, the white Dave, the white David Beckhams? Yeah, pink, white, you name it. You name my it. dad would just be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I, He's I, a black boot guy through and through. I was, I was, I would love to hear that conversation. I think most of us, <laughs> with the exception of a Buzzy Parsons back in the day or something, w- would wear the you know traditional black boots. And I'd love to have heard that conversation though, Dan, between you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could probably. You could come by now. My dad would still give me the gears. <laughs> like growing up in in the UK, uh, you know, same sort of thing. It was only the the pretty boys that would would wear the white boots. <laughs> you know, they were guilty. Good on like a like a George guilty. a George <laughs> Best. You know, who was quality on the ball. You know, those fancy players. Yeah, yeah. Us. Gotta have good feet yeah. to wear a bright cleat. Yeah, and there's yeah. some people don't have good feet and wear ah. them. What are you doing? I remember getting the gears when I was with FC Edmonton because uh, I've, I, you know, I just got boots because they were, well, like much like Peyton just said, they were free. Um, white umbros? No, I never got the white umbros, but I had the, I had purple and yellow ones. Jeez. And when I hauled those out, I would get pelters from Colin Miller, who would constantly DW. What are you doing? Why are you wearing those? And and I, he would just give me <laughs> hell. And for me, it was just their boots. They covered my feet, and I didn't have to pay for them. So, um, and for those who have to pay for them, fair enough. And it, and the world is colorful now. So, I, I think you see it's every almost hard to find just a a black a black boot. Yeah, I boots agree. are so expensive now. Boots are like in the five six hundred dollar range now. Yes, and it's and that's crazy. And that's the other thing about about switching from outdoor to indoor. You're switching your oh, your, your yeah. boots. Your footwear's got to change. I mean, Corbis are still black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> fair, fair and enough. And those will last you for. You know what? It's it's years. one of the. I have to say, it's one of the best boots in the market, and it's the one that's had the most longevity. That it's world been Cups. around since the eighties. Yeah. Are World Cups still available? They, they were the the, the studded version. Did. Yeah, six did. I'm pretty sure they are. I don't know if I've actually, well, I mean, you don't need them here in this climate, but um, unless you get on field B, it's sap <laughs> after the rain, and then you might want them, but other than that. Um, so, yeah, outdoor. Outdoor is an interesting thing. Indoor is an interesting thing. I'm, again, not a big fan of the the boarded, but, you know, it, that's the third pair of cleats you'd need. I'm a fan of boarded because I play walking soccer now and oh. we play in the boarded facility. <laughs> Fantastic. Know. Do you have to switch your boots, go out and buy yeah, a new copas? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's important for playing that game. That You know, the, the ball's going past you and you can't run to get it and you have got to walk and it comes off the boards and away you go. Fantastic. Hey, listen, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about sports injuries. Peyton's had a had a go with that at one point in her career. I remember Probably it well. Well, and I, I'm just glad I wasn't there at the training session because uh, I was. It, it, it wasn't good from what I understand. But uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. And we're back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 
Fun times had here by all involved, and fun times will continue. We are going to switch into a little bit of sports injuries. We have talked about this. It would have been a fair time ago, the last time we spoke about it. But And it, and it all stems from uh, Mr. Elliott's uh, injury. I, I was watching the highlights of the Liverpool game. Um that just that happened last weekend and and there was a tackle from behind sort of side behind and it was one of those things where I looked away immediately because you could you could tell that the ankle wasn't in the position it normally should be in it was a little off to the side but it turned out to be a dislocation originally and then when they went in to you know check him out and to make sure that he's all right they found a fracture in the in the actual ankle and there's so many tiny bones in that area that you're bound to break something. What, what did, you, did you watch? You obviously yeah, watched the game. I didn't hor- get a chance to. Horrific, horrific injury uh, for sure. A promising young young player who was out on loan last year uh, came into the fold as a he's an under eighteen uh, national England national team player, and you know just absolutely buzzing for a kid with who's got a lot of years in front of him, and um, you know tackle was from behind, but didn't really think there was it was too nasty. Just looked looked a bit little bit reckless but not nothing too crazy like he didn't there's no studs or anything like that and just got caught under underneath the uh the, the lad's you know leg Foot, there yeah. and and yeah just was so it worth a red card though or should it have been yellow you think yeah yeah i mean i think it was a red i okay. think it was a red for sure but just when when you see when you see Harvey and he, and he rolls over and and his his leg is is sideways you just you just you just cringe right and Credit to um, to Mo Salah. Credit to the the medical staff. I think they they said they got that that uh, dislocation joint back in within seven seconds of it being um, dislocated. They were on the pitch and got it in there, and oh, okay. and apparently that um, you know the longer that the ankle would have been out of the joint, um, it would have caused a little bit more complications. So credit to the medical staff, and they gave him a. Um, I want to say like a sedative a sedative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was horrific though, but credit to the, to the lads and, and they got him in off the pitch and he was, he was in, you know, was in the back of the Ambulance emergency uh, vehicle and, and he was, you know, waving to the crowd and stuff like that. And yeah, whatnot. I saw the waving to the crowd part of it, yeah. but uh, awful. Now I, 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 when I, the other thought that came to mind, of course, was, was Peyton, uh, back in your FC Edmonton Academy days, uh, you broke your leg. Yeah, in three spots, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, snapped my shin bone right in half. Oh. Yeah. And so the the tibia broke in half, and I had the fibula, which is the little supporting bone right next to it, in two Jesus. spots. So. so, and you knew right away there was obviously something um, majorly wrong, or did you instant shock? I, I actually stood up on it immediately after because in my head I was like I had won the tackle and I didn't know where the ball was and it was in that moment wow that I uh that I knew something was wrong and was back wow. down on Incredible. my on my butt it's pretty tip- quick it's typical of the female player though the female player just get gets up and gets on with it the male player rolls around about 10 times and you know. Yes, and even if it's nothing, you know, nothing, you, you yeah. get get a mosquito bite as you're oh, just going yeah. into a tackle, and down yeah. you go. And I, I have very distinct memories of I knew I had to come off the field, like, and that's something that's hard for me to do. Um, so I got myself off the field, and uh, I, I remember saying to the the AT that we had at the time, I said, "Tape me up," 
she said, no, I'm, I'm not taping you up. You're going to the hospital. We gotta, we're going to uh, splint you up and send you to the hospital. I said, no, tape me up. I can finish the game. And at that point, my dad had already made it around the field in the in 30 seconds that it had happened. And he said, no, Peyton, we're going to the hospital. It's, a, it's amazing wow. where your mind goes in those types of scenarios. And, and especially as a youth player. Um, it was a scouted game as well, which was... Probably the reason in in my mind it was so important to stay on the field. It was actually uh, what is now Rex. We were RPC at the time. We had brought the Calgary RPC girls down because we were playing a game for the purpose of having the scouts, scouts come, in. come yeah. out and watch. And we had some uh, NCAA scouts down. We had local local coaches out to watch. And so with all the adrenaline and in my head, this being like a, a big opportunity for my future. I was like, no, tape me up. I'm fine. Like, pull me back on the field. And they were like, Peyton, that's absolutely not going to happen. Like, we're sending you now. Like, yeah. so. So my, my thoughts are going from that, the sports injury that players have, whether it be a broken leg, a torn muscle, a, you know, calf pull, whatever, wherever, whatever it is. What was the length of time for you, obviously with a broken leg, before you actually got back on the field, A, and B, do you think you rushed it or were you fine? Okay. I for sure rushed it. Okay. So I was back on the field in four months. After a broken leg. After a broken leg. So with broken bones, I think this is this is an interesting topic as well. Broken bones, like there's not much you can do about it, like... You have to wait for the bone to heal. Correct. With the soft tissue injury, ligament, whatever we want to classify those as, those are those are the real beast in my opinion. And I I did my ankle and had to have surgery when I was down in the states on that. And that one is a little bit trickier because there's not really a set time. Um, I mean, people rush those all the time. All the time. Oh, I know it. All the time. Um, but with the bone, I got really, really lucky. I was just like in the right phase of growth where the development Heal. of the bone was healed real, really quick, but it was probably the, the mental side of it where I rushed it. Like I had just broken my leg and the minute it was healed and I was like told, okay, you can, you can start. start. Train again. I was like, okay, let's go hundred <laughs> percent right back in. Um, I mean, and again, whether that is from the type of player that I was or from the I got to make up for lost time mindset, I couldn't tell you that was what what it was that was driving me forward at that time. But I can tell you for sure when I hurt my ankle, I had surgery in March and my coach said, you better be ready to play come, come August. You're kidding. No. Wow. I, I, now, uh, Dano, D, Sean, what are your thoughts? And, and yours as well. What are your thoughts on players being, I, I don't want to say rushed back. Everyone wants their top players, their better players, just players in general if you're short. You, you want your players to come back. But at, at what expense, especially if they're, you know, 16 years old, 14 years old, 13 years old, do you rush them back or do you – let them heal. I know what I think, but I'll, I'm asking you guys. It's quite simple. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. If the player's not ready to play, then don't play. Yeah. I, and I know it's tough. But yeah, it's tough. I, I think that, um, I don't know, at least for me, and I'm sure there's other other coaches that are the same as well too, is that um, anytime a player has had an injury or that had played for me, they're they're not on the, they're not on the pitch unless they have a doctor's note or they have a note from their physio that they're clear to clear be to, play. to be back in training. Um, and it could be for anything, right? Um, you don't want to put you, a kid has a concussion. And they say that they're fine. Well, they're never, they're, you know, if they're in my team, you're not getting, they're never getting on the pitch. That's one of the tougher right? ones, two concussions. And in, and and with the technology, with the with the way that um, you know sports medicine has evolved over the course of you know 10, 15 years, you you have to get it right as a leader, as a coach, and as a as a mentor to young athletes. You have to get it right, and you have to be able to have those conversations that saying your health is number one. Mm-hmm. It's like we. You know, we, we can't have you on the pitch just because you want to play if you are not there physically. And because there's a there's that the whole return to play model that everybody has to follow, right? Yeah. Just because, you know, you've, your broken bone is healed doesn't mean that your, your mental capacity is there yet. It doesn't mean that your physical capacity is there yet. You can't go at a, you know, a certain, you know, 100%. And, but, you know, Back when I was playing, we never had that. We never had physios. We never had. There was nothing of that in, within our teams. We just we were fine. Okay, yeah, I got so, it. I mean, you and I definitely have said that before, where you just got up and you just got on with it, As, whether for good or better, you know, or good or worse. It's it's what we did. Yeah, I mean, I was at Peterborough United on trial after the Whitecaps fold in eighty four, eighty five ish, and uh, I was told I had to play. I had, I had a hamstring pull, uh, did it on the Wednesday. You know, I had two days of treatment, and the manager said to me, you got to play. I says, I can't. My hamstring's hurt yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. He no, you're going to play. Otherwise, you, you're done. Oh, my God. That, yeah, that's, that's a horrible crazy. thing. And so, I'm- you know, I played, and I was shocking. Yeah. I played against Cambridge United. <laughs> Left winger absolutely destroyed me that game. Uh, I, I, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. But the man just said, play, are you done? And then I left the following week. Yeah. Jeez, Daniel, what about yourself? Uh, ever ever had to play through something or ever? I mean, I, I know what your answer would be. You, you'd be, I'm sure, similar. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but your answer as far as um, an injured player coming back too early would go. Um, um, yeah, like just to give a different scope of things for maybe people that are going through different things. Um I think on the whole, I've been quite lucky that I didn't have any severe injuries. Obviously, muscle things, you know, rolled ankles, your kind of generic stuff. But I'm surprised with those pink boots, nobody kicked you. What's that? I said, I'm surprised with those pink boots, nobody kicked you more. But, you know, I was tasty then, too. I could get away from this. Ah. So nothing to that extent. You know, you see so many females go through... um, ACLs and things like that. Like, it's just awful to see. But, um, yeah, I had my own personal battles just with, like, uh, health stuff going up and stuff that I still have now. So that was that was my battle with injuries, if you will, or, you know, just managing your body and trying to get best performance out of yourself to get on the field. So a little bit of a different realm, but definitely something that can be um, incredibly detrimental to um, kind of your ambitions and your goals of what you want to do. So definitely had that, but that's probably probably a, a, a talk for another time. 
Yeah, I, I just, you know what, and but saying that, I, I think kids have to realize, I guess parents have to realize to let their kids know that take the time, you're young, there's a lot of time to play the game. The game's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. So, uh, you know, are you are you missing opportunities? I don't think so. I know, with, with, again, a conversation with Peyton about thinking she had missed the boat with some of these uh, university groups, you know, that, that she was being scouted for. The end of the day, she ends up at a at a great school that offered her something really well, and she was able to continue on. So, you know, how did you feel after that? As most of these kids should be thinking, heal first, then I can get on with it. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, everything worked out very very well for for me, and I think that I would have had offers here in Canada, like, um, if if those opportunities had passed me by, and I think I would have had an equally good chance of playing and uh, getting my education, which for me at the end of the day was was the goal of, of the university soccer. Um, it was just a means to an end. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that like looking at myself now, there are a lot of things where I stand up. I'm 24 years old. I stand up and my ankles crack or um, – my shoulder, I dislocated my shoulder playing down in the States and I'll still go to do things. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) if only I had taken a little bit more time, maybe (laughs) I'd I'd feel a little bit better. So I think that at the end of the day, like we got to take care of, of the body that you're going to be living in for the rest of your life. For sure. And if that means two more weeks of, of rest and, and rehab, then so be it. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I actually, Sorry. I actually pulled my hamstring playing walking soccer. <laughs> you did not. I did, I did. I swear to God, I did. That's priceless, yeah. man. How long was the recovery? Uh, it was about, get- about two months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you have to take care of your injuries. You do, definitely. You know, because when you go on the pitch, you're not 100% and you can't perform the best of your ability. You're hurting the team. Yeah. You're not only hurting yourself, you're letting other teammates yeah. down. For so sure. you have to take care of your and body. at risk yeah. for re-injury if, if you haven't taken the time. That, that's for sure. Dano, you were about to jump in with something. Yeah, it was many moons ago, but once uh, Peyton said that she dislocated her shoulder, um, I actually did as well, and I had a small recovery. This is when I was playing for the Aviators back in 04, so I was only 18 at the time, and I got called up to go on a trip to Portland, um, to play against them and I actually was getting a start up front so I kind of just it's, it's funny when we're speaking about what players try to do right because I remember that clearly now that you know to the team doctor to the physio at the time I made things as best as possible because this was a big opportunity right we're mm-hmm. home starting it was my first start and you know you take those risks right so yeah um yeah no it's just it's, it's interesting so yeah last from the past yeah yeah, I mean, I never played a very, very high level as all the class people in this room, but I can bring you back to my youth days and uh, playing in a provincial final that led to nationals. And I and I got my first start um, in the in the provincial final, and I went up for a fifty fifty ball um, with one of the Calgary lads, and I headed the ball. He headed my face, and this was probably oh. about eight minutes in, and I was absolutely just 
gushing from my uh-huh. from my eye and the the physio to bring me off but i had the you know the the rush of blood i guess to the head that was coming out of my eyebrow and i i was walking towards the bench and i saw this wee old water bottle that was standing on the edge of the bench out at the esa facility and and i had the the brilliant idea that i was going to karate kick the crap out of the water bottle uh-huh. um yep didn't touch the water bottle, but sure got a lot of piece of the bench. That's for sure. Oh. Yeah, ended up uh, ended up breaking, you know, some broken some bones in my foot, and then we were at nationals, and I can guarantee you I had a broken foot, and I didn't tell the coach that I broke my foot. Oh. So the whole entire time in preparation for nationals, I had a broken foot. I was popping three, four Advils a, a day just to get by training sessions, and yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah, so so in hi- in hindsight and in thoughts to all of you that are listening in here, if you're a youth, do not come back overly early. Come back when you're told by your doctor or physio you are ready to start training again. Then come back. Don't push it. There's no sense in pushing it. There will always be another opportunity. There will always be another chance. And th- as I've said, the game is going nowhere. This game, as much as it evolves, it'll always be there. So never rush anything. Um, there's a few other topics we're going to talk about, but we're just going to go straight to the Premier League stuff just to throw uh, Peyton under the bus. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, hey, thoughts on how the Premier League is going right now. This will be our sort of last topic here to get to get us through the uh, the podcast. <laughs> If, uh, if anybody has anything to say about how the Premier League is not the best league in world football, it, it's crazy. I mean, those, those, four t- those four clubs, City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, if, if you add Tottenham in the mix, five clubs, what class teams? And, and everybody that, else, everybody <laughs> else um, below that, they're just equally as, as competitive. And For they're sure. going to give... All those top four teams, top five teams. I mean, unless you're an Arsenal fan, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to see. Well, it was funny because I we were looking. I was just looking down. I go, uh, you know, Tottenham's in seventh. They're not that bad. And then Sean piped in. He says they're only one point off the top. And I was like, holy crap, that is correct. They one more, you know, one more win, and they're on top of the league. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, any of the top ten have a chance to one win or whatever and they're up at the top again. yeah exactly I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here and you're 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 spot on with that i mean it, it's not going to take much to so shift top nine t- top nine yeah you know, I it, mean, it won't be much to switch them around for sure no so i mean it's it's a very good league with uh, you know it's it's not typically what scotland used to be with celtic rangers yeah you know or Barcelona, Real Madrid, although yeah. Atletico did quite well, yeah. but you know it's 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 a competitive league. You're in a match every single week, whether you're at the bottom of the table, or the top of the table. Uh, my team is at the bottom of the table normally, but you know at least we give a, a good effort and we, we try to win games, right? So well, and and you know and, and that's the whole thing because I I remember in the past couple of years we've talked about the you know it talked about bruce and 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 whether he should be there or not be there and and how the fans had given him pelters it was the first time i actually saw at the end of that last game this weekend they unfurled a banner saying you know steve bruce out and and i was like wow and i i actually saw one of those in an fc edmonton game after a bit of a slide when they it was miller out and it was like man i got what a sport <laughs> where you can actually hold up banners like that. How do you think that might play out? And, and I don't mean the banner thing 
do you think the chairman's going to stick with them for a little bit longer, or they, is he going to be done if they stay down there? Uh, yeah, I mean, the chairman doesn't want to spend money, and if he gets rid of Bruce, it costs him two million pounds or whatever, so yeah, yeah. He, he won't. Uh, Bruce will have to, to quit. his way out. Yeah. But he he's not a quitter. I mean, I, I actually play with the guy as a youth player, and uh, he's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he will work to the end sort of thing, right? And yeah. It's funny, I, I go on Facebook with buddies I went to school with, and they all hate him, you know, and I mean, I, I know him a little bit. I yeah, don't yeah. know him that well. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 sad that someone's trying to do the best that he can. He's an actual actual Geordie as well. I mean, he's from Newcastle, and he loves the club. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that uh, he's not getting funds to, to bolster the squad. Yeah. True. I mean, if you don't get the money and you can't buy the players, there's not much you can do. Dano, how about with Tottenham? What, what are your thoughts with the, the way things have started off, and in particular without having Mr. Kane involved, and uh, now he is, and sort of the decision, I guess, has been made that he's going to stick around the club? And uh, Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. I mean, the same thing I was, I was very happy about, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, definitely a good start, three clean sheets, but only three goals, but had nine points. Um, beat Man City, which is a great result. Uh, had a red card versus Crystal Palace and got beat up. And um, Yeah, I just think that it kind of smoothed over some cracks a little bit. But I'm excited to have Nuno, and as with any new manager, it takes time. It needs time, so... Yeah, optimistic and see how the season goes. But it's very interesting from a neutral perspective of, let's say, the top four teams and how that's going to manage and work its way out. And having Ronaldo back, I think, is just great because you're getting to the point where, you know, Messi's gone to PSG, Ronaldo's gone to United. And you can watch Ronaldo week in and week out. But these guys are 36, right? They've got a few years left, and then they're not going to be there. And I think we'll will realize for sure what we're witnessing right now with those two guys in world football right now. So it's awesome to see him um, back in the Premier League every week. Well, that's a good shout because I, I, you're right. I, I, you don't really think about it too much until you actually see them play. And, mm-hmm. and just the, you know, they've lost a step. They're not quite as fast. And I can only speak for the Ronaldo watching him play. And, but his, his ability to read a game, to be in the right place at the right time, unbelievable it, it was it was just hilarious so hilarious to listen to some of the pundits talk about well you know he's getting up there in age and i don't know how he's gonna fit in or oh, what are that last 12 minutes <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he steps on the pitch and he scores two goals and then in an open at old trafford like what an absolute dream yeah oh yeah. my he, god and you know i may have lost a step but what a machine oh of an god. athlete just incredible incredible to just watch. imagine just be just being around that just, just like even if you're like a youth academy player that you know gets brought into a first team training session, or just being around that aura of a of a of a, a living legend, let's just be honest. Well, and then that's the that's the benefit of having a guy like him or a Messi or any of these top top end players that come into those you know uh, scenarios where they're at another club. I mean, you see it yeah. in the MLS when these guys that have sort of finished their career. Go to an MLS team. It's the same thing. Just that being around them, the 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 amount you're going to be able to learn from them, and and what sort of flows from them mentally, and and you pick up on, unbelievable. You must have had times where you've played with players that were like, holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, I played with some world class players. You know, towards the end of their career, actually, some players that were just starting their career that end up world class players as well. But uh, they're at a different level. I mean, they really are. You know, just sit back and watch them. Wow, I wish I could do that, you know. 
and you were a decent player at the time, but you got these guys who are just different stratosphere. Yeah. The stuff sure. they can do. I mean, I remember watching Dano's favorite player, Beckham, um, just watching him strike a ball and warm up like 60 yards consistently all the time, the exact same, same place. He placed it there and it's just, quality yeah it's just, it's just i mean just in awe of what they can do on a consistent basis so are any of them gonna end up in fc edmonton <laughs> <laughs> no, no we, won't, we won't go there but they might end up in the mls though well yeah for sure like I, I i could see that coming for sure i could see ronaldo or messi going to miami maybe so who knows i'm all about that inter miami squad hey wow right jeez well who wouldn't want to go play for beckham you know, it's it's one of those that's things. True. I'm sure a lot of that's the it's incredible. The reasoning. I look like Iguain there. Please, but Tweedy. Be interesting to see if they could get to Vancouver and get them out of the doldrums. The White Canes. It's, it's crazy that like it's so it's so crazy. Like when was it last week or the week before? Like the the Whitecaps were ten games unbeaten in in, in, in MLS. That yeah. was and that was the 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 day after they they. Fired the manager. Yeah, when they lost against in the Canadian Championship. But I mean, yeah, coaching in in, in those high ranks are there's oh, no have, there's I, no forgiveness. I have never hired to be fired. Yeah, yeah. I have so. never seen a. Pardon me, Robo was the only gaffer that I saw go longer than mm. three years at the Whitecaps. Yeah, Every other guy I've seen in there, three years done. Three years well, done. I mean, and it was like almost like a planned thing. Oh, we'll keep him for three years. Well, I mean, see what he does. Greg Vanny leaving, you know, Toronto FC uh, to go to to the Galaxy, and you look at TFC; they've got three wins. Yeah, it's like same players. That's amazing. It's it's just it's insane. What do you think? What does the Queen think? Uh, this is this is not my area of expertise. Understand. Um, <laughs> But I think it's interesting talking about coaches that only get three years. Like, how much can you as a coach really do for a program in three years? It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Like I, you, you don't even get, really get the opportunity. What did Mourinho have at Spurs, 18 months? Yeah. He yeah, was I, I think if you, you know, I mean, nowadays, especially at that level, you're just, you're there as a motivator. And if you can't motivate them, they're out and they're on to the next person. Whereas I think if you truly want to have your own program and get a program started and running from start to finish, you need a minimum of five years, I would think, to to really get the ball rolling and get a good understanding whether you've made it or not. I think Herdman's made a difference in less than five years. Yeah. 100%. For sure. But he had that time with the women's program as well granted it's a different animal but um, yeah i mean people can criticize herdman for you know his new terminology and stuff like that but boy has he turned that program oh, around results galore for sure. for sure i'm excited it's you well, said it last year you said i think they're gonna make the 22 world cup yeah i mean it's it's not just you know what he's done in regards to results it's the way they play now. Yeah. They go and they, they're not going to get bossed by Mexico. They're not going to get bossed by the U.S. It's the other way around. Yeah. You've got guys sticking up for one another, you know, and they're just shrugging off opponents who normally would just like, be so aggressive and kind of would cower down. Yeah. It's not that anymore. They're, they're a solid, solid group of players 
who are bought into what he wants to do and they're going to have some success. And I still think, I will go on record and saying that they'll qualify. I mean, yeah. they have to. I'm excited for October to see, because they, they're back-to-back with Mexico, aren't they? They play uh, away in Mexico and then they're at, at, in Toronto. Yeah, I didn't know they were back-to-back. I knew they played in Mexico in October. I didn't think it was. Oh, I, th- I, I think they're on the road, yeah. They're well, on the they're road. on the road they're, first. They're playing they're Mexico playing, on the road. Yeah, yeah, and then I thought they there's a return game like on the Wednesday or something. Yeah, but I think that's, it's I think it's against like Pan, against Panama or something. Oh, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah. You might be right. No, but I mean, yes, I mean, Heard been at the end of his tenure within the national program, both on the women's and and yeah. and the men's side. Like by far, has had the the biggest impact oh, in for sure in, in my day in in, in Canadian soccer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and that's just me speaking on just on what I've noticed from from my day, but. I think that you said it there, you know, he's made it a destination. He's made the national team a destination to be for players. Um, and he, and he's, he's done his due diligence with his assistant coaches to go find players like a, like a Estacchio to find a Scott Kennedy to, to find some of these players that have, you know, the background or a Canadian, you know, parent or whatever. Yeah. And he's, he, they've gone and done their digging. So, yeah, I just have nothing but good things to say. And and Jonathan David, I'll just watch out for that boy. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. He's opened up the curtains and created a platform. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing like a good platform to make your day. <laughs> hey, listen, folks, we're going to wrap things up there. We've uh, we've been bantering quite a bit here the last little uh, last little while. Um, thanks for for being in here, D and Sean and Peyton and Dano on the phone. As always, thanks for your help and your support within the podcast. Um, if you have any thoughts or ideas, you can always email us at info. Info at spdsa.net. Fantastic. And I always go to Sean for that because I can never remember it. It's the simplest thing. But, you know, DW struggles. He's ancient now, DW. Anyway, um, yeah, so thanks for listening. And if you have those thoughts, you can email us and, and we'll, try and, we'll try and get to the ideas you have and, and you know, the things you want to hear. We'll, we'll definitely try and talk about it. Um, so our, for our friends in Nairobi, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast, Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. See you again. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.